We break down our takeaways from Summer League as Nikola Jovic and Jaime Hakez stand out. Does their strong showing impact a potential trade for Damian Lillard? Plus, is former All-Star Ben Simmons a potential option for Miami to be included in a trade for Lillard? We debate that and more on today's edition of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg here as always with David Ramil. However, you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make sure, make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Great show for you guys today on a July 4th Tuesday. Going to talk Damian Lillard. And if the Heat should take on Ben Simmons in a deal. But we're recording this the afternoon after the Heat's first summer league game in Sacramento. And man, exciting to see first round pick Jaime Jaquez Jr. Nikola Jovic with 15 more pounds of muscle. Because that's the only amount of muscle a player is ever allowed to add in a summer. No more and no less. Nikola Jovic looked great. We're going to get to whether the Heat should include them in a Damian Lillard trade. But before we even get to that, what impressed you the most about their game. Uh, do you want to start with Jaime or, or Jovic? Uh, either. Uh, let's start with Hakez because I think he's the rookie. Uh, yeah, and, new guy. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's uh, something to be said about his energy, and I think that's what really stood out to me. Uh, the three-point shooting looked pretty smooth, all things considered. There were a couple of hiccups early on when he got into early foul trouble, but in terms of, like, his overall style, I, I could see why the comparison to Jimmy Butler, at least the admiration of Butler hmm. from Hakez himself, really stood out because he is a high energy, high motor guy, always looking to break up passing lanes, attacking the basket, make smart, heady plays, always seems to be in the right position. He might not be an elite game changer, but he is certainly an impactful player. Uh, and I say that with a huge grain of salt, considering it is summer league after all. He looked great. Um, the biggest question about Hakez coming into the draft was that three-point shot. He shot like 31% or something like that over his career at UCLA. Uh, but a lot of that, you know, you hear from his coaches and stuff like that. He was asked to do a lot of pull-up stuff, kind of tough half-court looks from three-point range. And everybody who scouted him said that they weren't that worried, despite the low percentage at UCLA. They, they, they thought it was workable, right? And it looked workable, man. I mean, what was he last night? Three of seven on three-pointers? Yeah. And, no and hesitation, catch a shoot in the corner. Yeah. Looked smooth, didn't it? And we know how the Heat do. Like, they they generate more open threes than maybe any team in the NBA, um, certainly up there. And if Hawkes is getting those kinds of looks, playing off of guys like Bam and Jimmy, I'm a believer in that shot. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to shoot 36% or whatever three for seven is. Uh as a rookie, but I think it's workable. And we've seen heat players that come into that developmental system, improve their jumper, almost like a hundred percent of the players that come to Miami, improve their three point shot. It's pretty wild. When you think about it, Kayla Martin, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, all these guys, varying levels of skill in terms of three point shooting when they entered Miami, but leave Miami or are still with the program in some cases as better three point shooters. So I thought that was great. I loved how he got out in in transition and ran the break, those dunks, how he got up. 39-inch vertical, uh, which wasn't really 
a whole lot. It wasn't talked about a whole lot when, when he was coming out. So um, this guy is kind of sneaky athletic, runs the floor really well. He's strong. And then, David, the other thing that I want to point out that, that stood out to me here is his defense. I mean, just a yeah. great job fighting over screens, being in the right place. Um, you know, everything with a grain of salt because it's summer league. Yeah. But it is it, this is the information that's in front of us. And based on what we have in terms of a data set, I really like what we saw from Hawkes in one summer league game. No doubt. Uh, and look, the sneaky term uh, when it comes to his athleticism, that's going to dog him for the rest of his career. It's, just, it's the nature. You look, he's, he's yes. white, Mexican, and, and it's like that doesn't stand out as your typical athlete at the NBA level. But he's not necessarily explosive at the same time. Right. I think there's certainly ex, you know, a high level of athleticism there. Those, he's those he's athletic in a similar yeah. way to Jimmy Butler, right? Like none of those guys have that super fast first step and they're not blowing right. by you. It's not Zion. They dunk with two hands, you know, for the most part, even though that one Hawkes had was that one-hander, right, as he was kind of flying by the backboard on the break from Jamari Bouye, which was crazy. But I didn't mean to cut you off. But, yeah, I mean, no. it was, like it, it's a similar kind of athleticism to Jimmy Butler, which is maybe why those comparisons are there. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. Uh, he, he looked really good. I, I mean, like, I cannot just overlook the fact that it is uh, the, the the format of the game itself. But you're right. We just analyze what we can see. And he makes smart decisions. You can see the, the the development of a player who's been at the collegiate level for a long time, who's been coached well, who continues to make improvements. I, I continue, to, yeah, I, I continue to be high on Hawkes. I think he yeah. is a good player uh, and may not I never mean, ever reach. Yeah. yeah, what did I say? Hawkins? You said yeah, high on Hawkes, and I was trying to. Yeah, yeah, high on say Why not? It should be a slogan. Uh, at the same time, I think he is going to be an impactful player. He doesn't necessarily have to translate to an all-star player, but he can be an impactful guy, whether he's playing here or you know, whether he is shipped eventually to Portland. Either way, I think he is going to be a good player at the NBA level. Let's get into Nikola Jovic, huh? Because uh, I think Portland, man, I, I, I'm the sucker, man. Don't ship him to Portland. Keep Jaime. We're going to talk about that later. Let's talk about Jovic. 21 points on 7 of 12 shooting, 2 of 4 on threes. Uh, eight rebounds and three assists in 27 minutes. This guy's a That's... box score stuffer. <laughs> he uh, looked bigger. Good. We yeah. mentioned the 15 pounds. Yeah. I made a joke about it, but he looked he looked bigger. Like he a looked stronger. Bit, yeah. I mean, even the looks. He was playing through contact a lot better than that where he important. was last year. Um, if recap Jovic's rookie season, basically didn't happen. Derailed by a back injury that was sort of related to his growth. He was still 18 years old, so it's like one of those I'm still growing back injuries. So um, has been working a lot on his strength in general, just yep. out of health, not just to be strong on the court, but just in order to be on the court. Um, but you could see a lot of that translating some just downright Giannis like plays back to like like from one end of the court to the other, finishing with Euro steps. I'm going full hyperbole here, David. I love. Oh, wow. I loved seeing what I saw from Jovic. He looked confident. He looked strong. He was like, hey, I've been here for a year. Get out of my way. I yeah. liked the swagger he was playing with, getting guys involved, and then chemistry, too, with Hakez. But just in general, what did you think of uh, Jovic's, like, just the strength that he seems to have? Because that was a big uh, point that Miami was trying to develop with yeah. uh, him. Before, before his first game, telling reporters that he feels great. He feels better than he ever has. He's healthy. He's stronger than ever. Feels good. Look great out there. And I think it's not surprising that a player with a year of experience at the NBA level, even if it's just practicing with teammates and going through the drills that heat coaching has, has put him through has helped immensely. Like he just looked much more comfortable than some of the rookies or guys that haven't experienced anything like that. I mean, to that point, Drew Smith, 
uh, Jamari Bouye, both of them looked really good. Having played at the NBA level, having gone against actual NBA level competition, but for Jovic, bringing up the ball, we talked about this. I mean, we saw it last year in uh, preseason when he was really exciting with the ball in his hands, and he just looked like the potential point forward that might help Miami at the four spot, and maybe that was somewhat hyperbolic back then as well, but. He does have ball handling skills for his size. He's got great. Was kind of demanding the ball in the half court. Did you notice that? Like he was like, "Hey, give it to me." Running some half court sets and then, but not being selfish either, right? He was he was a good passer. He got guys like Drew Smith and Bouye and Hakez involved. I loved it, man. I I loved what we saw from him. Um, I thought the the Euro steps, the stuff at the basket, to me was the most promising because if the the point forward stuff is is. I'm going to use a word that uh, Ira Winderman from the Sun Sentinel used. Tantalizing. Tantalizing. He used that for both Hakez and for Jovic. I think it's an apt word here. Um, but the the stuff at the basket is what's going to be the translatable skill when he gets to the NBA level. Think he's not running half court. He's yeah, not running half court offense in the NBA, right? Like that's stuff that maybe a few years down the line he could start doing. But if he's sharing the court with Jimmy Butler, or Bam Adebayo, Damian, like whoever, or oh. – or somebody or Scoot Henderson in Portland, like whatever. Slip that in there, yeah. If he's he's not running half court offense, he's gonna have to be finishing at the basket. And he's gonna have to be making those threes. I think I already said it, but two of four from three point range and that three point shot. You and I have seen him doing shoot arounds, even when he wasn't playing, like war- warming up before heat games. I think that three point shot is legit, right? It's uh, it's shaky. It's still a work in progress. He's working out with Rob Foder, the shooting coach, who helped Duncan Robinson unlock it. To your point earlier why everybody shoots so well when they come to Miami. Rob is a, certainly a big part of that. And he has been yes, working good specifically with Jovic. Yeah, so he's been working specifically with Jovic. And you could see it. Jovic, I still, I think he still gets into his head a little bit. But I think with the maturation process, I mean, considering his age and everything else, he is playing against the top level in the world right now. I, I think he's going to get more and more comfortable. And we'll start to see a, comfort, a comfort level there, especially when it comes to his shooting. So I I'm I also am high on Jovic. And I think he's going to be a very good NBA player. And I know a lot of people will watch this, especially even some Blazers fans will come into our show and say, you know what? These guys are just gassing up these players. No, I don't think that's it. I, I think we're both pretty fair in our uh, observations of players. And at the same time, I think this we can say that they're both skilled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've yeah, been high on both of these guys. Based, we liked the Hakez pick the moment it happened. You and I were yeah. very high on that, which I was yeah. surprised. A lot of people were actually a little bit down on that when I kind of went after because we recorded right after the draft. I really liked that Hakez pick. And then you and I loved the Jovic pick when it happened, and, and we've been on the Jovic thing this entire time. Um, it doesn't hurt that he likes the show either. But no. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we're just talking him up because of that. We're big fans of his, yeah, and he's big fans of ours. So that's we appreciate shout that. Shout out to um, But uh, should the Heat include either one of these guys in a trade for Damian Lillard? Did one summer league game change the way that we think about a potential Damian Lillard package? We're going to talk about that next here on Locked on Heat. But first, a message from our partners. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel, and you can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right, just 20 bucks, and you land $200 in a bonus bet, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to get the first home run, all on an app that's safe, secure, 
super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, and you get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Thanks again for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day is we're going to be back tomorrow with Howard Beck to talk about if the Blazers could really trade Damian Lillard somewhere other than Miami. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Based on what you saw in that summer league game, has it changed your thoughts on if the Heat should include Hakez or Jovic in a Lillard trade, David? No, it hasn't. I, 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 ultimately, it's about where Miami stands. I know some fans are opposed to it, and I, I think – a lot of NBA fans in general are, are kind of hardwired to think, you know what, unless a title is guaranteed or unless you emerge as a top three definite contender, not an iffy or not waiting on a potential deal or anything, unless you're a guaranteed top three contender in the NBA, the best bet is for you to just go ahead and change course, trade away key players, buy in into a, a complete rebuild, et cetera. And, and I know that a lot of fans, again, are – unwilling to trade young potential good players in Jovic and Hakez, but the reality is for Miami, the only thing that matters right now is getting Jimmy Butler and Bama DeBio an NBA champion and a championship. And to do that, you've got to acquire a player like Dame Lillard, who makes your chances so much better than either a developing Hakez or Jovic. Again, both of us high on both those young players will be fans of theirs wherever they go, whether it's Miami or elsewhere. And at the same time, I think we can also admit that moving them, if if it's necessary in order to acquire Dame Lillard, you do it 100 times out of 100 without blinking an eye. I still think everybody other than Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are on the table. I don't think that one summer league game changes that. Um, here's an interesting thing, the timing of all of this. Now that we the, – the Heat, by the way, are participating in – like a preseason of summer league, right? You don't have to participate in this California classic. The heat have been right. participating in the California classic since it came about for like five or four or five six years, years ago, ago, six yeah, years ago, something like that. Yeah. They've always been a part of it. It's with them, the Lakers, the Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. Um, and by doing it early, you're giving yourself a look at these guys. You're also giving maybe Portland a look at these guys. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here either and say that the Blazers saw this game. And you're like, you know what? Call it in. We're good. Give us Hakez and Jovic. Oh, there's scouts there. The trade package. But their scouts are there, and the more body of work, it, it, it could help Miami's case in terms of what that trade package looks like if it does ultimately include Hakez and or Jovic in that deal. Maybe Portland comes away from a few summer league games. You're like, you know what? Jovic looks really good. We're kind of buying it. Like, the back looks good. We like his potential. We like his upside. Uh, Hakez, I don't, I don't know what the Blazers thought about Hakez going into the draft. They were, like, right there. In the yep. same range, they picked at 20. Miami picked at 18. I have no idea where Hakez was on their board. I would imagine he was somewhere on their board because he was right. supposed to be picked in that range. Like maybe it, maybe it, it, it sways them one way or the other. Um, I don't. Maybe it just makes them feel a little bit better about something. Maybe a little bit better about that package. We're gonna get into this a little bit later, but you know, Woj reporting that the Blazers are not impressed right now with that package. I do wonder if a few more summer league games like this would make that package a little bit more enticing. It probably doesn't get it over the top. There's a lot of things that have to go into it, other things that need to happen that we're going to get into in the next segment. But um, I think the timing of everything is is, is at least important to note. Uh, the other part of this, too, is... Let me get oh, a quick question there before we move on. What, what do you make of Woj's reporting? Because it seems like it's changed course over the last couple of days. And I think for a lot of fans, they're curious as to why his 
reporting seems to be against the grain from what guys like Chris Haynes, Brian Windhorse, and others are reporting. But it just seems like not necessarily uber negative, but it doesn't necessarily cast Miami and their pursuit of Dame Lillard in a positive way. Do you read anything into it? I know I, 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 we all always have to look at who's feeding this information. Whether That's it's exactly organization That's is it. Yeah. So you think it's Portland maneuvering through Woj in order to kind of say, you know what? I think see all of it. Yeah, yeah, I think I think all of it is. I think everything that Chris Haynes is saying is maneuvering from the Damon Lillard side. I think everything that Woj is saying is maneuvering from whoever his sources are. All of this stuff is – it doesn't make it untrue. I don't think Woj right. is not doing his – Woj is doing his job, and he's plugged into the Portland Trailblazers front yeah. office, and he's reporting what he's hearing, right? Like, I don't think he's making stuff up. I don't think he's the enemy here. I just think, you know – this is it. This is negotiations. This is the playbook. You use the media to negotiate your stance, make your stance publicly known. This is just, it's going to go back and forth. Um, one thing I do want to say in terms of whether or not I would include, yes, ultimately, yeah. If you have to include them, you include them, right? I would I would really try to fight for one of Caleb Martin or Jaquez to stay out of that deal if I'm the Miami Heat, right? You think about what the Phoenix Suns did they didn't really fight to keep Cam Johnson out of their Durant deal. And that really kind of bit them in the butt in the playoffs. They just didn't never had that four, that fifth starter, that power forward kind of guy. Uh, and they're still sort of searching for that. If I'm the Heat, you're if you get Damian Lillard, you're going to need a wing to come off the bench. You're going to need one. And Caleb Martin is awesome. And as I reported yesterday, the Heat really want to keep Caleb Martin in a Damian Lillard deal. But if Portland demands Caleb Martin, I'd really be fighting to keep Hawkes or vice versa. If they're demanding Hawkes, I'd be fighting to keep Caleb Martin. Just a big wing who could play a couple different positions and defend at a high level and make open threes. I just think that kind of player is such a glue guy that you're really going to need. Again, does it keep me from doing a Damian Lillard trade? No. Do I think it keeps the Heat? Does it prevent the Heat from doing a Damian Lillard trade? I don't think that that would be the case. But I would be fighting tooth and nail to try to keep one of those guys out of the deal because if the goal is to get the goal isn't to win Damian Lillard. The, the goal is not to trade for Damian Lillard. The goal is to win a championship, and that's why you're trying to trade for Damian Lillard. And I think rank a big them. part of a championship roster would be sort of keeping one of those wings. You're asking me to rank them? Yeah. Um, In order of priority for Miami, Caleb, Jovic, Hakez, who would you prefer keeping in what order? I would probably put Jovic last as much as I like him. I, I just think that you need a wing specifically. Like that position is what I would – be doing and then it's between Caleb and ha I would probably go Caleb number one just because as as promising as Hawkes is and as high as him as we might be I don't know that he's en like ready to we we've seen Caleb perform on an NBA final stage we know he can do it right now right he was maybe the MVP arguably of the Eastern Conference Finals like that guy can go out there and do it we know that he could do it so I'd probably put Caleb number one then Hawkes and then Jovic but hey if, if there's more summer league games like this my opinion can change. I really, I'm, like, I'm I really like both of them. I really like I'm, both yeah, of I'm them. switching uh, Jovic with Hakez in that order. Caleb first, again. I have no argument with player, him. And with Jovic, it's just, I think it's the 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 ver versatility of what he brings to the table at that size and his youth and everything else. I mean, not a knock on Hakez. I am not a guy that says, oh, you take the 19-year-old over the 22-year-old whenever possible. That's not the way it works at the NBA, and it shouldn't. But at the same time, I just think that what we've seen from Jovic so far and the fact that he does have that upside is to, to use Ira's word, tantalizing to pass up. And so that would... So I would you have him number him. one? No, I rank him second. Just because Caleb, again, oh, Caleb, okay. the proven player, Jovic, as far and as more Hakez. potential, and then Hakez. Love Hakez. One thing about Hakez over... Yeah. Like, there's an argument to make Hakez over Caleb. 
because Hawkins yeah. is on that rookie, r- younger end on the rookie scale contract, and you're going to have to pay Caleb. It's, you might have to, if you end up getting Damian Lillard, you might not be able to keep Caleb in a couple of years anyway, point. depending on that's the second point. apron and where Miami is. So, um, whatever, that's an Andy Ellisberg problem, and we know that <laughs> you know, anybody's going to figure that out. That's it, it's Andy yeah. Ellisberg and his his team of capologists. But um, speaking of the Damian Lillard trade, mm. should the Heat take on Ben Simmons if it means that they would get Damian Lillard? We're going to take a look at what that package could look like next. After this, you're listening to Locked on Heat. Thanks again for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Every day, we're going to be back tomorrow with Howard Beck to talk about if the Blazers could really trade Damian Lillard to somewhere other than Miami. So make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, your favorite podcast app. For those watching us live, thanks for tuning in on a 4th of July afternoon. Make sure to like the video and subscribe if you are not subscribed already. Do it right now. On Tuesday, Adrian Wojnarowski reported that the Trailblazers are not impressed with Miami's offer and that they could lead, that could lead to a deal elsewhere, like we were talking about earlier, David. But meanwhile, uh, Greg Sylvander hears that uh, to include the Nets as a third team in mm-hmm. a deal, the Nets, of course, were a team uh, often rumored to maybe be interested in Tyler Hero. Uh, they are looking to get off of Ben Simmons's contract. That led to some Heat fans... Uh, suggesting that the Heat should just take Simmons in a Lillard deal. It's a no-brainer if it means that the Nets would send more picks to the Blazers and get that Lillard trade part of it done. Uh, David, what do you think of this idea? I'm not opposed to it. In fact, I, I might even say that it would be a great deal. We're talking about uh, you know uh, keeping Caleb Martin or debating whether or not Martin or Hackes or Jovic would be – this is a ready-made NBA player and Simmons. And I think there's this incredible discomfort – with NBA fans in general, when it comes to the discussion about Ben Simmons, because we question his effort. We, we seem to hear some reporting, nebulous as it is, about some injury that might be impacting him. And then there's also a mental health component that kind of gives people some ookiness to the whole idea about acquiring a, a player like Ben Simmons. Because we want our players to be single-minded in their pursuit of basketball and winning. And that, that's all that matters. And, and with Simmons, it doesn't seem like he fits easily into that mode. But we have to I mean, remember. I push yeah, back ahead. a little bit on that. Sure. I, I don't think it's like I, I, the mindset stuff is is it, it's problematic. And I understand what you're saying in terms of, you know, the, the, the one mindedness and all this. But like the dude doesn't play like he played 42 games last year. Didn't play at all the, the year before that because of a holdout slash back injury that was very mysterious. Sometimes it was a holdout. Sometimes it was a back injury. We didn't really know why he wasn't playing. It was one of the other. It just kind of changed day to day. Before that, he played 58 games. Before that, he played 57 games. Like, to me, all of those questions are warranted because there is so much mysteriousness around Ben Simmons. He's not mm-hmm. forthcoming about what's going on. That's I, – I do think that NBA players have to be forthcoming about their medical status. I'm not one of these people like, oh, it's their lives. It's they, they, don't, they don't, like, owe it to anybody. I don't know. You're an NBA player. Like, part of your job is to be available. And if you're not available, I think we do have a, a – like, fans have a – reason to expect that we know why that is so what what was um, the point of him pushing through when he's already under contract and everything else and they weren't playing for anything necessarily in boston he seemed to have a shaky relationship i'm sorry uh, a shaky relationship with brooklyn excuse me Uh, oh brooklyn yeah uh i I just that's the whole thing with 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 simmons it's i don't know like i i'm not sure he's not available that's that's my biggest thing is he's just i I hear you Well, he hasn't over the last couple of years before the injury and before the mental health component, before being traded by Philadelphia, you know, there was 
he was a really, really good player. Uh, you know, Three all playmaker, all NBA yeah, guy. Great playmaker, great defensive player, et cetera. And so I think that potential is still there. And we've seen working out videos from him. I know it's the offseason, and you're going to see a lot of that on muscle watch and everything else. So it wouldn't Some be surprising. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's put on 15 pounds of muscle too. But either way, I, there's well, the he's telling you he's, he's photoshopping his Instagram post telling you that he got 15 pounds of muscle. Yeah. So I look, I, I know it's a little questionable, but I I, yeah. I trust that if Miami is to buy into Ben Simmons, and look, I, I, we can't overlook the fact that he shares an agent with Jimmy Butler. Like I I think we'd be getting ding, ding. good intel there. And I think if Miami would know whether or not Simmons is committed to winning, et cetera. So Whatever friction they may have had in Philadelphia, I think that they'll get past that sort of thing. Uh, I think that Simmons can be brought along to be an NBA player. And if you can get him, it's kind of a throw-in to include alongside Dame Lillard and, and basically cost you, I don't know, Caleb Martin. I, I think that's an upgrade. Now, the, the problem for me is not just the potential of, of Simmons as a playmaker and defender, but it's also as an offensive player, that's where it gets a little more problematic because you've already got Jimmy and and Bam basically clogging the bait. As we've seen from Simmons at this point anyway, he just has not shown the ability or willingness to score from 10 feet out. And so that's what Miami needs is a three-point shooter or somebody who can at least help the space, space the floor. And while you're getting that with Dame Lillard, <laughs> you don't want somebody just kind of killing the spacing already for Miami. So yeah. and there are concerns. But I think if you have to take a swing on this in order to acquire Dame Lillard, yeah, you absolutely do it. If you have to do it, it's a different question. I would be trying very hard not to do it That's if fair. I'm the Miami Heat. I, you and I, I think differ. I, I don't disagree that Ben Simmons is still he still has potential. There's it's there's stuff there. This guy has played. He had two years of being an All NBA guy. I think he only made one All NBA team, but he had two years of being that kind of caliber player. He played 79 yeah. and 80 games or something like that. But like I said, he missed his whole first year with a foot injury. He's basically missed the rest, like the last four years with this back thing. And, and just, and you know, you mentioned the holdouts and all these things and the mess and, and the end of Philadelphia and Brooklyn. Like I get it. And I don't know. They're probably, I, I do believe there's probably better basketball ahead for yep. Ben Simmons. And maybe you could talk yourself into, well, we're the Miami heat. And if we can sort of, get that better basketball. Maybe we could just time that we can time this just right where we're getting a good player, but you, you already alluded to it. I hate the fit. I don't think he's a fit in Miami at all. Like, yeah, he's big, but he can't shoot. You mentioned outside of 10 feet outside of three feet, like this yeah. guy or at all, like awesome. even at the basket, like this guy doesn't take shots defensively. We just haven't seen it from him where he was an all NBA defender a few years ago. We haven't seen that in like three or four years now. Um, Maybe you can find that. Uh, maybe you can point. Maybe you could be the backup point guard if you're you're gonna have to move Lowry in that deal. So you can maybe make him the backup point guard. He doesn't play with Jimmy Butler, and he doesn't play. Maybe you stagger him with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. You could play Ben Simmons with Damian Lillard and Thomas Bryant, who can stretch the four from the five. You could talk yourself into it. Um, and I would, I would talk myself into it. I would if it if it ultimately ends up happening. And I'm with you that if you have to do it to get Dame, you probably do it. But I would be fighting tooth and nail to to find an, a third or a fourth team to go ahead and, and and absorb that Ben Simmons contract, which is bad. And this is, is another weird thing. It is, yeah. This th this new concept in NBA discussions that a two year deal is just a year away from being an expiring contract, and yeah. it's like kind of being rebranded as something similar to an expiring contract. It's not an expiring contract. There's two years left on it. There's seventy yeah. million plus dollars 
left on this contract for a team nudging up against the second apron. That is a I, lot of money that they do not want to pay. Like I, I, I love I'm only a million dollars away from being a millionaire. I don't know right. about you, but I, it's, I'm right it's there. insane to me. Right and I see there. it. I see it everywhere. I see it in our comments right now on YouTube. Yeah. I see it on Twitter, all over the place. It's not an expiring contract. You know what's an expiring contract? Kyle Lowry. You want to know why? Because there's one year left on it. That's it. That's the definition of an expiring contract. A year away from being expiring, you're just throwing the word expiring. It's like the new first-round pick swap. Just because the word first-round pick is in it doesn't make it as valuable as a first-round pick. It's kind of worthless, a first-round yeah. pick swap. It's just a branding opportunity. It's just a way for a front office to be like, and by the way, it's if they do end up, whatever team does end up acquiring Ben Simmons is going to say this. The front office will be like, yeah, it's a year away from being expiring. You know who used to say that? Isaiah Thomas when he ran the Knicks. He said, yeah, this, this contract is just three years away from being expiring. <laughs> that's what I he did he's great. and know, he got I fired think, and he's yeah, ruining well, phoenix yeah that's that's a whole actually I, I think phoenix is doing pretty good for them yeah the eric gordon thing was nice for them um yeah. but <laughs> I, I say, i'd say if you can find a way for san antonio and i don't even know how feasible this might be and again this is an ellisburg and everybody else involved yeah. issue but if you can get simmons and hero in uh in well, I guess Hero would probably go to brooklyn this scenario but Hero goes to, to brooklyn simmons and san antonio i, I think I think there's a possibility that they can really get the most out of him there. I know playing alongside Wembanyama, they've kind of got their front court set, but I, I like that addition there. Uh, they have the time to be able to work with him to get the most out of him as a player. No pressure for him to explode or to be mm -hmm. an all-level NBA player and at the same time that. contribute to winning. I could see it working. Small market, out. yeah, so no pressure. I mean, it's tough going from Philly to Brooklyn. This is Ben Simmons, a guy who does not deal with media pressure well. I think that's safe yeah. to say. So if you Patty can Mills, that away, Patty Mills Patty, comes back to San Antonio and can well, coach in, him up. He's in OKC, he's in right? And OKC likes well. OKC likes these long ball handler guys who can't shoot. Oh, but they're kind of already crowded there with Chet Holmgren and everything else like that. It hasn't stopped them from taking on bad contracts. No, you're right. I, I can see. Um, I guess, especially I'm just saying maybe get, Patty Mills getting if they waved. can get uh, draft capital out of it. Maybe they can get one first rounder from Brooklyn and maybe another one or two go to Portland. I don't know. I'm not smart enough to I'm figure that out. I'm looking forward to the Oklahoma City. Can I be honest draft, with you? Basically. Yeah. I don't hate Ben Simmons in Portland. Like, why are we complicating this? Like, you talk about, like, there's basically no media contingent in Portland. Uh, and after, uh, that's not a shot. I just, like, you know, it's, wow. they're, look, no, they're the guy that, Jason Quick from the Athletic, kind of retired, semi-retired. He's not, he's sort of around, but not really around anymore. The Oregonian is still sort of out there, but they're not the newspaper they used to be. Our friend Sean Hyken is over there. Mike Richmond from Locked On Blazers is out there. But, like, it's not a huge – it's not Brooklyn. It's not Philly, right? So, I mean, I basically just gave you the entire media contingent out there. I'm sure there's a couple TV guys out there. Yeah, he's the Oregonian guy. Um, yeah. So, you, it would be no pressure coming off the Damian Lillard trade. It's an obvious sure. rebuild. And, you know, he's just a year away from being expiring. Do they want to pay forty million dollars a year? You know, to, to a player like that, I don't know. I don't see that working. If they can get off of Nurk, Nurk, Nurkic, ah, ah, that would be have to be a part of it. Now, how how does Miami's addition of Thomas Bryant and Orlando Robinson make the the acquisition of Nurkic a reality? Because I don't see any need for him here, especially when Kevin Love is likely to play the backup five at some minutes too. Mm. I do um, see Nurkic still being an option for Miami because we're seeing we're getting a lot of comments from it so far, and I just don't see Nurkic to Miami I, a reality anymore. I would push back on the notion that Nurkic was ever a need for the Miami Heat. Like he, I don't think that he was ever. I, it's similar. If you have to throw him into the trade to get the Damian Lillard done, you do it. 
and you just all right, we have Nurkic and Orlando Robinson and Kevin Love uh and Thomas Bryant and you just we have all these guys now and maybe you play Bam at power forward a little bit more I don't know I think or you just you know you can try to find a third team for Nurkic I don't know I just you don't let it hold it up you know I I don't think that there was ever I don't think Miami was going to be looking at Nurkic as a bonus it was just going to be a salary that they didn't want that they had to absorb in over to get it Damian Lillard done and I think that Ben Simmons and it would be the same thing and maybe they could coax more out of them and we could talk yourselves into it but just I'm thinking about the front office would never be like you know what? Who we, you know who we really want in this trade also is Nurkic. Like if they, the only reason it would happen is if Portland insisted. Is is that possible that Miami's kind of setting themselves up? And I know we're running late on time here, but is it possible that they're setting themselves up to return to the lineup they had a few years ago with Bam at the four spot and and centers like Nurkic and Bryant and Love that can kind of space the floor a little bit and, and kind of put Bam more at the four spot? So I mean, we keep looking at Miami and they haven't acquired a typical. Back front court player like that, somebody who can slide into the four, but maybe they already have said player on the roster and it just happens to be an all NBA level player in Bam Adebayo. We already saw him do it in the, when Kevin Love was starting. They would play Kevin Love on opposing centers. We, that's what they want to do. They want a seven footer who could shoot threes and rebound a little bit. That's what they want next to Bam. And based on the matchup, you can interchange okay, is it going to be switch heavy? With a lot of high pick and roll, maybe we put Bam on the center. If it's if we just kind of have to play some lumbering drop coverage, big man, we'll put Kevin Love or Kelly Olynyk or Myers Leonard or whoever on that, yeah. guy. or even PJ Tucker. They did it with you know, and who's yeah. not sort of a prototype center. That's what they want. They want that guy. So you know, to label Bam a center or a power forward or whatever, they just they want a seven foot guy who could space the floor. That's what they want, and they have it in Kevin Love. Um, we heard, uh, Barry Jackson, and Jake Fisher, both reporting something that you and I thought that might be happening that maybe is Dario Saric just simply waiting to see what happens with Damian Lillard. That seems to be the case based on the reporting around it. That's another guy that kind of fits into that slot. Maybe someone like Christian Wood can also be, uh, that kind of player. So we'll see what happens, but, um, a lot going on, um, here in Miami. We have the latest for you, of course, every single day here on Locked on Heat. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Every day is we're going to be back tomorrow with Howard Beck to talk about whether or not Damian Lillard could get sent somewhere other than the Miami Heat and a whole lot more. So hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. David, thanks for joining me. And thanks to everybody who uh, joined us. Uh, happy, uh, happy 4th of July and be safe out there. You are locked. 